Welcome to the Rethink Podcast. Welcome to the Rethink Podcast. This is episode four of the Rethink Podcast. I'm your host, Bryant, and I'm joined here with Megan. Hello. And Jericho. Hi. And Ashley. Hello. Uh, we are about, I don't know, week five into coronavirus shutdowns, and we're excited, looking forward to when we get to see each other again. But until then, we're going to be having a podcast. Uh, before we get into anything else, though, I'd like the co-host to introduce themselves. Jericho, could you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Jericho. I am a youth pastor at Lafayette Community Church, and uh, I love Jesus. Ashley, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Ashley, and I am excited for coronavirus to go away. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that resonates. For real. Megan? Yeah, hi guys. Uh, my name is Megan, and I am the worship leader at Calvary Mac and also for Rethink. Super glad to be here today. Wonderful. Yeah, so I already started to get into it, but the reason why we're doing a podcast is because it's illegal for us to gather together and have in-person community, the in-person relationship. So we thought it'd be great if we could have a podcast that everyone listens to and then talks about questions at the end. That way we could at least try to stay as closely connected as we possibly can while we're having to be physically separated from each other. So listen to this podcast, talk about the questions over Zoom, FaceTime, phone call, text, doesn't matter. Just reach out to somebody, and if they haven't listened to the podcast yet, tell them to listen to it. And then uh, we can stay connected that way through this shutdown. As far as Calvary Mac goes and Rethink, the latest news on the coronavirus shutdown is that the official shutdowns are extended to at least April 30th, and we still have no idea what it's going to look like when we start being able to meet together again. We don't know if uh, it's going to come in phases or if we're going to have to check people's temperatures as they come. All sorts of different ideas are being thrown out right now. We're just waiting for the, the final word to, to be able to pull the trigger and meet together again, but... We're looking forward to it. Hopefully, it'll be coming in the next month or so. Um, how have you guys been doing with all the shutdowns and everything? Are you guys holding on? We've been doing okay, but definitely excited to not have to stay home. I mean, I still go to work, but it's not like the funnest thing I could be doing <laughs> with my time. I'm excited for when we can like go do stuff again. Yeah. Is work but. for you, is it is it a lot slower right now or is it busier what do you feel today was actually pretty busy it's starting to get a little bit busier because people are kind of finding out more stuff about the coronavirus and so they're not as scared anymore but there's still definitely days where it's really slow the ari clinic that we have going which is for like anyone with respiratory illness has slowed down a lot which is good because that means that people are not showing symptoms of anything, but I don't know if we've actually hit the peak in Oregon quite yet. So we could at some point have an influx of sick people coming to the clinic. So I'm not sure how that, how that looks yet. It's hard to predict, you know, because it's like everything that people think is going to happen, something else happens. And it's like every few days it, there's new news, you know? Yeah. Jericho, what's life like for you right now? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> been staying home and cleaning the house and taking care of puppies and. Okay, so there's two things for those of you who uh, are listening and can't see what clean-shaven Jericho looks like, and I will. Uh, it's a little shocking. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not clean shaven. I was a couple weeks ago, but it's starting to come back now. So <laughs> you, you had yeah. a beard going there. It was. It was pretty. Pretty hefty. Yeah, I had. Yeah, I had probably a two inch beard going there for a little while. So it was a lot of hair to cut off, and I had to use scissors to cut it off because the razor's broken. So that you know, you have a real beard when you have to use scissors to cut it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Well, by the end of this, we'll see. It'll probably be back out to that length. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then also for anyone who doesn't know, Jericho and Ashley own hound dogs, and they just had a litter of puppies recently. How's puppy life? Crazy. They love to bite your feet. So <laughs> if you go out there and flip flops, you're gonna get your toes nibbled on. <laughs> so. Well, are they cute at least? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cute. Really cute. We've actually sold two of them. Oh, awesome. Yeah, they can't they can't go to their homes yet until probably the middle of May um, because they're getting their, like, parvo shot and stuff on the 27th. So then they, they won't be able to go home until May. But that's exciting. And then yesterday, I sold the green machine, Bryant. You sold the Subaru. Wow. I did. <laughs> Ashley and Jericho have had a Subaru. <laughs> Uh, it was Ashley's car for a long time. It's been sitting at their house for a while, and I, I've been bugging them about selling it. And uh, that's awesome. Good news that you sold that thing. It was a guy from Portland. It was his first car. <laughs> that That's a perfect first car. That's great. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, we had to, we had to put the spare tire on for him to drive it away, but, you know. <laughs> uh, well, it's in good shape. <laughs> it's, it's his car now, so yeah, it's not going to be a lawn ornament anymore. <laughs> nope it's out of our hands so great megan how have you been doing with the shutdown doing good been just hanging out at home and trying to keep busy watched a lot of uh, netflix <laughs> but trying to be outside whenever like we were blessed like the weather's been really nice the last uh week or so and so yeah it's been really nice to just be outside we put up our hammock so just kind of hanging out chilling around <laughs> yeah I built a shed, I built an aquarium stand, I'm building another shelf, and yeah. it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> He's been wow. Yeah, I think I actually got sunburnt today, so. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah. That's a good That feeling. doesn't take too much, though, right? <laughs> no, yeah, not, not for me. Yeah, same here. Well, like I said, at this point, we still don't have a set date for when we get to go back into regular in-person ministry. But I'll let you all know right now, it's going to be a big deal. We're going to have to have some sort of a big kickoff launch. Probably will change the way that we do rethink forever. Um, it's going to be like hitting the reset button. So we're excited to see what that's going to look like. And uh, it's going to take a lot of hard work. But um, we're glad that we had the opportunity to do this podcast through this time. And I hope that it's been a blessing to people and, and that uh, people have had a chance to listen and connect with others and uh, we're, we're praying that God will use this as an instrument to keep us all connected and keep the community alive, keep the momentum going for Rethink. That way uh, we'll look back at this time. We won't see it as a wasted time. We'll see it as a time when we grew 
uh, maybe in a different way than we're used to growing, but growing nonetheless. Our goal for this season is that we'll see that home is our first church, and we truly believe that God is teaching so many people how to be more self-sustained in their faith, to rely uh, less on others and more on themselves and God for staying connected to Him and staying true to to what they believe. And so we're excited that um, God's been doing that, and that's what we're driving home. Everything that we do is is built in the purpose in the direction that home is your first church. And so you should see your home, your families, if you live alone, even yourself, your home as your first church. Once again, how can we stay connected with No Church or Rethink? Well, follow us on social media and you can stay updated on everything that we're doing to stay connected. We've uh, officially got the Rethink blog finished and it's live now. People can visit the Rethink blog. Just go to the Instagram for a link to that. And uh, our Instagram is rethink underscore Mac. And go ahead and follow us and send us a message if you're feeling uh, like you want to reach out and get connected with this group of awesome people. We're still going to meet at 7 on Monday nights, but it won't be at the church. It'll be all over the internet, over phone calls, over reaching out to your friends, and it will be initiated by you. So listen to this podcast and then talk about the questions at the end. Enough about coronavirus stuff, though, guys. I want to get into some good news. So Megan found something that we thought was really cool, um, a little article on Instagram. Yes. Uh, so it's from the good news underscore movement. Uh, this is an Instagram account. And they posted on um, Tuesday that there is a animal shelter in Palm Beach that for the first time in the shelter's history, every single dog was adopted during this time. Um, which is just so cool that a, a shelter could be completely empty first off, but that people are really, you know, they're spending time at home and they're wanting companions. And um, so they're adopting dogs. And I just think that that's super awesome. Hey, Jericho and Ashley, you want to adopt any dogs? <laughs> I think we got enough on our hands right now. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. That's awesome. Megan and I wanted to adopt a dog, but our landlord won't let us have any dogs. No. Yeah. I do, however, want to share another good news thing um, that uh, through the online church platform that uh, Calvary Mac has been using to stream services, you can, people can say if they uh, accepted Christ. And on Easter Sunday, there were 69,000 responses of people accepting Christ. So that's good news because the good news is being spread during this time so that's pretty incredible wow what a huge number and that's just on one one sunday yeah and and just to explain to everyone so there's this church in texas that creates a lot of like christian tech they're they're the ones who brought us the bible app and stuff like that and so they've been using this platform to live stream their services and anyone Anywhere in the world, as long as they have internet, or I guess, I guess in some countries it might be censored, but um, they can log on to these different churches and watch their services, and that that's where that number came from. Is across the world, uh, people using the church online platform, sixty nine thousand people gave their life to Christ, and that that's just a huge, awesome number. We're so blessed that 
they were able to keep track of that number and so we could all be encouraged by hearing that but god's moving in this season and and he's using this season for his glory so we shouldn't give up hope and and everything that we've been praying for has been happening and it's just awesome amen people that would not normally go into a church building are tuning in and watching you know services and worshiping and hearing the truth of the gospel um in their homes you know and that's just super awesome yeah we even have testimonies in our own church ever since it switched to online church we've been having people give their life to jesus every service that we broadcast on sunday it's been amazing but <laughs> but most of them because obviously we reach out to them and try to get them plugged in some of them don't even live in oregon but most of them have been people who do not go to church they would never mm. set foot in a church building because they have some sort of stigma or they're ashamed or afraid or they just don't have the desire to but they're willing to tune in on sunday morning and watch a church online and through that god's been changing people's lives and it's just been amazing everyone's starting to give their life to jesus and then adopt dogs what a time to be <laughs> <laughs> we got some puppies that need adopted <laughs> yeah hit uh ashley and jericho up <laughs> you want a dog yeah jericho's on instagram now so you can find him yeah you went under the radar for a long time but now we can find you I, I tried. I tried so hard to stay away from it, but times are changing. That's great. Well, um, we're going to go ahead and get into the Bible study part of this podcast now. So if you're able to and you're listening, go ahead and open up your Bible. We're in Ephesians chapter 5. Jericho, could you pray before we get into this? Dearly Father, Lord, we just thank you, uh, Lord, that we are able to meet in this way. God. Uh, we thank you that your good news is going out, Father. Uh, Lord, that your free gift is is being given and uh, people are accepting it, Lord. That is so exciting to hear, Lord. Uh, we thank you for this good news, God. We pray, Lord, that your word would speak to us tonight, Lord, as we read it, and that uh, we would apply it to our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Jericho. So this is a packed full uh, chapter here that we're going to be going through in Ephesians. So if you remember uh, last week, if you listened, when we went through Ephesians chapter 4, we saw that that was the fulcrum of the book of Ephesians, where before that point, Paul was creating an argument and uh, explaining about uh, love and grace, and then now Paul is talking about how we should live because we've, we have Christ. He's this is his argument now playing out and how it, it changes our life. And so we're going to start reading now in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Megan, could you uh, read the first section? Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. 
Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Uh, any thoughts? That's Like you said, that's a packed section, but I think verse 1 sums it up pretty well. In my version, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. And I just love that, that thought. You know, we are to imitate God. We can do that because Jesus walked on earth and we can imitate him and, and his relationship he had with the father. And he was just this perfect example for us. Yeah. yeah when we see that, it, it just makes everything so simple that could you read uh, what you said again, Jericho? Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. A lot of people start to water things down that they make light the choices that they make in this world. They And then they'll say, well, I read the Bible. It didn't say anything about not doing that. You know, whatever sort of sin issue people surrender themselves to. But then we read that Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, and it's just such a simple call to living holy. Be imitators of God. And I was just thinking, uh, I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with John Wesley. He was a theologian from quite a long time ago. But he definitely changed the world and impacted people and sparked revival in the time that he was alive. And his ministry started when he was at Oxford University. And he started something called a holiness club. Because he was looking around at all of his fellow classmates, and he was shocked about how excited they were to just live by their desires, the desires of the flesh that we talk about sometimes. So he started this club called the Holiness Club, and out of that, revival sparked. And so many people came to know Christ, and so many, pe so many people's faith was changed through his life, and it all began when he started this Holiness Club. Think about that. It sounds kind of cheesy. Especially in today's language, people would make fun of you for that. But even in his time, he got made fun of it. He got drugged through the mud because he was just seeking to be holy. He just wanted to be holy. And this is a call to that right there. And it doesn't make it feel cheesy or lame when it just says, be imitators of God, be imitators of Jesus. Verse 2 says, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us, loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Jericho touched on, we have the example of Jesus, and that's the example we should be following. Every decision we make, we should be asking ourselves, are we imitating Jesus through this? And that just fires me up, and to me, it just makes it all so simple. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that simple little saying, what would Jesus do? I mean, some of us, we've heard that, and we kind of laugh at that now when we hear it, but it's so true. Now, if you Think about that in the moment. What would Jesus do? It'll save you a lot of time and trouble. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we can so easily, even as I was reading it, I suddenly got so, like, caught up in the all the don't do this and don't be like that and don't talk that way. And, and we can, you know, but like you guys said, verse 1 and verse 2 is, like, that's why. You know, like, that's the heart of God. It's not to put a bunch of rules on people and say, this is, you know, this is bad. This is bad. But also it is bad. It's not fulfilling for us to, to do these things. So we shouldn't look at that list of, you know, verses three through seven and look at it and be like, oh, I can't do all of these things. That sucks. It's not fulfilling to do any of that, those things. And it's out of love because as dearly loved children, we are dearly loved children. 
of God. We are to walk in the way of love as, as Christ and as Christ loved us. So he loves us. And that's where all of this comes from. We don't do these things and we're, he t- tells us not to because he loves us. God loved and loves us more than we could even imagine. He has so much compassion for every person on earth that he created. They're his children. He loves them. And when we accept the grace that God has given us, the forgiveness, the love that he's given to us, it makes us love him with such a fiery, passionate, alive, on fire love that it makes us want to change the way we live just to get closer to him, just to please him because we're so in love with who he is and what he's done for us. And so we want to be imitators of Jesus and imitators of God. And uh, I just really love this section we just read. But we can keep going now. Megan, you want to keep reading? For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's God saying through that? Well, I feel like it's exactly what, you know, I was kind of sensing and feeling from the first uh, section, but that, you know, through Christ, there's a life of fulfillment. We need to be filled with with his spirit. That's what he gives us. He gives us himself to fill us and and be light. And so like even, you know, there uh, verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And before that, it's like the Lord's will is for us to wake up sleeper, to rise from the dead, for Christ to shine on us, um, for us to be the light in the darkness. And so yeah, it's like there's there's life and there's light and there's fulfillment in Christ and all these other things are are darkness and and not fulfilling. I, I really like verse eighteen and and on there and it says it and do not get drunk with wine, which is a debauchery, but be filled by the spirit. And then it goes on to say what will happen when you're filled by the spirit and, you know, speaking to one another in Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the father for each other in his name, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, it's, it's kind of the, the fill yourself with this Holy spirit. And this is what's going to happen. You know, uh, not these other things. I think that's really important. You know, if we fill ourselves up with the spirit, those other things are not going to be a part of our life. Ashley, uh, what does it make you think and how does it make you feel when you hear all that? I was kind of looking at, well, I actually highlighted verses 15 through 20, but 15 uh, for me, because of, you know, where I work, I don't, you know, it's not like 
I have people that are good influences all the time or people that are living for Christ all the time. So it, that means that I have to be the one that does that because nobody else is going to, is going to be that person. You know, thinking back to the number of people that got saved on Easter, like people are searching even more than they ever have been before because they can't go do anything. It's that taking advantage of every opportunity. I think a lot of times we, we pass opportunities by, we don't take advantage of them. Yeah. Something I wanted to clarify, because I actually, when I read the do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, I was like, what does debauchery mean? <laughs> and maybe there's somebody else out there that uh, is in the same place as me. Debauchery means excessive indulgence and sensual pleasures. That's talking about when it says do not get drunk on wine because we're more by our senses and what what we think is good and so I just wanted to clear that up but something that I feel led to share is in verses 11 and 12 we kind of like skipped over that section but I just wanted to go back and read it but it says have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. And so I just feel like, especially in this time where we're home all the time and we're secluded, we're not, you know, maybe people are spending a lot of time in their room by themselves. It's shameful even to mention what is probably happening in secret for a lot of people. But I, I don't know, I feel like like we just the call to expose those things, reach out to somebody if you're struggling during this time, if there is sin issues and things that are happening in secret, we need to expose those things and, and bring them into the light so that God can, you know, he, he'll take them away. You know, he'll turn those things into light. He'll make it a testimony, you know, testimony for of his of his goodness and of his power and of his strength. And so. I don't know. I just felt like that was important to to mention. People are spending a lot of time on their devices right now. There's a lot of different things out there to to distract us and pull us away from from Christ. And so it's important that we give Him control and we don't uh, let our let ourselves walk in that darkness. Because God is light. He wants to bring us into the light. There's no there's no shame that's that's not from the Lord. You know, it's we feel shame when we're in the darkness but god god is is light and life and so we'll go ahead and keep reading if there's no more thoughts on that section <laughs> submit to one another out of reverence for christ wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife as christ is the head of the church his body of which he is the savior now as the church submits to christ so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. 
However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So any thoughts on that section? I, I think it's a very important section to understand, and I love how it compares marriage with our relationship with Jesus and uh, putting Christ as the head of the church. And I've always loved that image um, because I always think about, well, where the head goes and where the head is looking is where the body should follow and where the body should be going. And I love how Paul ties that in uh, with this. And, and, you know, he's giving uh, instruction and he's, he's making aware of, of how a wife's and a husband's relationship should be. But then he's also uh, keeping Christ at the center of that it's it's pretty cool i want to point out that i feel like women can sometimes read this and be like ah, like submit to your husband like bleh, you know or whatever but i want to point out like the section about you know wives submit to your husbands and love them and for the husband is the head of the wife as christ is the head of the church that is you know two three verses compared to the section about husbands loving loving their wives as Christ loved the church and, you know, making her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Well, and it's also uh, can seem really daunting, you know, for for people to read, women to read this who are married or even in uh, other parts of scripture where it commands husbands love your wives because you start to feel really guilty if you think you're not doing that good enough. The thing mm. to realize, though, is that this is unaccomplishable unless you are pushed, led, controlled by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Unless you're living in step with the Holy Spirit. Unless you're, you get your sustenance, your strength, your power, your motivation from the Holy Spirit. You can't do this. Husbands... Sometimes we can love our wives. Sometimes we can be really good about that. Other times, though, it's we can't love our wives without the power of the Holy Spirit equipping us to do so. And the same thing goes with wives. Sometimes you cannot submit yourself to your husband without being called to do so by the Holy Spirit, without being willing to submit yourself to the Holy Spirit first and then submit yourself to your yeah. husband and so um, that, for me, that really takes a lot of the, I don't know, I, I would almost say pain of reading this is to realize that it's not something that I have to uh, struggle and fight. It's something I, I should fight for. It's not something I need to feel guilty about. Uh, it's something that I can only do when I'm walking in step with the Spirit. And so if I read this and I'm convicted and I'm not doing a good enough job at, at this, at either loving my wife or as a wife, uh, I'm not a wife. If someone's a wife, they feel like I, I don't submit to my husband. I think he's an idiot. I don't do anything he says. <laughs> well, um, then you should ask yourself, am I powered by the Holy Spirit? Am I led by the Holy Spirit? Is that what gives me the umption, the gumption? I don't know what the word is to do anything um, because it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can do these things. And uh, I thought that was a really big deal. But also, if there's wives out there in abusive relationships, don't submit to your husband. Get help. Reach out. Yeah. Contact somebody. Please um, 
And there's so many people who want to help you through that. So many people who want to walk with you. And so um, if if you're in an abusive relationship, do not submit to your husband, but reach out yeah. and get help. Any more thoughts on that section? Lastly, just to like close it up and bring it back to what Jericho said of of how Christ's heart for his church is like a marriage, you know, a marriage between a husband and a wife. And I love that, uh, that parallel and how that's, that's how Christ feels about, about his church, about his people. Um, that's how he feels about you. And so that's just, you know, I think a really important thing to take away from that last section. Yeah. I always liked the picture of a, of a uh, Hebrew wedding and this picture, you know, and, and those in Bible times where they would go and they would, they would pay a bride price for, for their bride and they'd be betrothed. And then the, the, uh, the man would go and he'd go and prepare a house for his bride. And when his father said it was finished, he'd send him back to pick up his bride and they'd have this huge feast and festival. And, you know, that's, that's this picture of what Jesus is doing that for us right now. He came and he paid the price. He told his father who he wanted. The price was set. He paid the price, which was his life. And then he rose again from the grave. And now he's up in heaven preparing a place for us, waiting until the father says, hey, go get your bride, which is the church. And that's just this beautiful picture that's there. The love that's so strong for us that Jesus has for us. He's He's excited to come back for us. We have that same love for him because we love because he first loved us. Yeah, imitators so, of God. <laughs> so that's why, that's where the desire to become imitators of Jesus comes from, is from this real tangible grace and love that God has for us that we have for him. And so if you're someone who's listening to this and you've been stuck in sin in some way or you're you're just struggling, you don't know why Christians live the way that they do, talk about that with whoever you call after this uh, episode and, and just be transparent and say, hey, I don't understand why Christians don't do this. And then you guys can talk about that, wrestle with it, and then realize that we're all supposed to be imitators of Jesus, doing everything that we can to be like him because just like in the Hebrew wedding, Jesus is coming back for us. And there's the other parable about keeping the oil burning in the lamp for when mm -hmm. he returns. That way we're not just here twiddling our thumbs, doing nothing, but we're expectantly waiting for him, welcome him in. And then there's yeah. some big implications to that. That wraps up Ephesians chapter 5. Now we're going to ask you some questions for you to talk about with someone. Call them up, text them, FaceTime, whatever it is that you're going to do. Maybe it's your sibling. Just go knock on their door and talk to them. You can find these questions on Instagram and on the Rethink blog. Here they are. What does it look like to be an imitator of God? Are you imitating God with your lifestyle and choices? Is there something in your life that you need to bring to the light? How has God's love and grace changed your life? What are the implications of the church being the bride of Christ? Like I said, you can find these questions on the Rethink blog, on Instagram, and go ahead and call someone now and talk about them. But now it's time for some final thoughts and a sign-off. Uh, Megan, any final thoughts? Yeah, God is good, and he is worthy of our uh, our honor and our respect and our 
the way that we live our life reflects him. If we call ourselves Christians, that reflects who he is. Um, and, you know, he's worthy to be represented well because he is perfect. He is blameless. He is so loving and, and gracious. And he's been so gracious to, to me and to all of us. Let's represent him well. Awesome. Jericho, any final thoughts? Yeah, I think just during this time, we need to remember to just take this time as a refresher, you know, to start over, to submit our relationship with Jesus. And, uh, I mean, we have nothing but time on our hands. So uh, we need to uh, draw close to him during this time. Ashley, any final thoughts? Um, I think that I'm just going to read. Verses 1 and 2 again, because those are my two favorite verses in this chapter, I think. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. My final thought is that home is your first church, so remember that. Your families is your church. If you're home alone during this time, then you need to really dive into your relationship with God. And your friends are your your church. And your friends are your church. And all right, that'll do it for episode four. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Bye. Bye.